Good morning, MCBC. As we continue our journey through the I Am Statements of Jesus, we're going to turn our attention to John 15, where we find this amazing image of how God transforms our lives, how he works in our lives. Jesus, on the night that he was arrested, spent time with his disciples, and this is part of what he said. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And as I read that passage, I get a sense of the unity and the connectedness between Christ and the Father. And I see a connectedness and a dependence between Christ and his followers, between the vine and the branches. The Father we see here as the gardener. He's the one who planted the seed. He planted the vine. He's the one who cares for the vine. Right? He cuts off the branches that don't bear fruit. And the branches that do bear fruit, he prunes so that they can be more fruitful. Then we have Jesus as the true vine. He's the one who's planted by the Father. He was sent by the Father to bring life to the branches. He is the only way that the branches can get life. And then we have the branches, of course. Those are the followers of Jesus. Anybody who puts their faith in Christ. And the plant branches we see here are completely dependent on the vine for life. In the same way that we are completely dependent on Jesus for our life. He says here, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we lose our connection to Jesus, we will wither and die. One word that jumps out at me as I read that passage is the word remain. In some versions, it'll say abide. Right? Jesus uses that verse, that word, sorry, 11 times in 10 verses. So we know that it's important. And his message is clear. You must remain in him in order to bear fruit. If we want our lives to be fruitful, we need to remain in Christ. However, for those who stay in the vine, those who, whose lives continue to produce fruit, this passage tells us that they are going to be pruned in order that their lives might become more fruitful. Gardeners know the importance of cutting away anything that will take, that will take nutrients away from the plant, right? That it'll take nutrients away from the fruit. Some of you might know what these are. These are pruning shears. See? These are not, they're usually pretty sharp. Not these ones, but they usually are. You're not the kind of thing you want to leave around your child. You can ask my son Caleb about that sometime. But what it tells us about the process is that it's not always easy. It takes time, number one, but it can also be painful. Right? As God cuts things out of your life to produce fruit in your life. At the same time, things don't always look pretty. If you look at a, a plant that's being pruned, it doesn't look very nice. But that's not what the concern is of the gardener. The gardener is concerned with the end product, which is developing richer and sweeter fruit, like these ones here. 
But as you read this passage, you might be a bit confused as to what your role is in the process. What does Jesus mean when he says, remain in me? What does he want us to do? And what power do we have to do that? And I think the essential thing here is understanding the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Although the Holy Spirit isn't mentioned in the text, he is vital to, for us to maintain a connection with, this, with Christ and with God, with the vine and with the gardener. The Holy Spirit does this. He's our guide. He's our teacher. He reminds us of everything that Jesus said. He also has power to convict and he has power to lead us into repentance. Paul says this in Galatians 5. He distinguishes between life in the spirit and life in the flesh, about walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. And he says the fruit of walking in the spirit are these. Love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says anything that's contrary to that is of the flesh. So in order to remain in the vine, we must commit to walking in the Spirit and avoiding the things that are of the flesh. We can do this by spending time in God's Word, reading it. Pray pray before you read it that God would reveal Himself to you through it. You can also spend time in prayer, praising God, bringing your requests and your concerns to Him, but also giving Him time to speak to you. So make sure as you're praying that you have time to listen. It's also essential that we belong to a you know strong believing community, that you have other Christians in your lives who can speak to you, can prod you on, spur you on, but who also can encourage you in your walk, who share it with you. And finally, we can do this by cutting things out of our lives that are detrimental. Things that aren't of God, But there are things sometimes that are distractions that we just need to get rid of. So it's important that we do that so that we can bear fruit. As an example of this pruning process in my own life, I'll tell you a short story uh, from last fall. One Thursday night, uh, I was driving down to church for youth group. Uh, I'd left the house later than I wanted to. I had things I needed to get done in order to prepare for youth group that night. I had my two daughters in the car and we drove down. And it seemed that every st- every turn, every stop, every road that we were on, there was either an accident or some traffic, whatever, something that was slowing us down. And I was getting more and more frustrated. My daughters were getting more and more entertained by my frustration at every step in the way. Eventually, we did make it down to Cockfer Road. We were walk- we were driving along right in front of the church. And I could just see it. It's coming. It's coming. And just when I think I'm going to be able to turn into into the driveway. Boom, the traffic stopped again. The car literally had moved three feet more. I would have had the space to get in, and I didn't. At that point, I yelled at God, I know you're trying to work out patience in my life and all that other garbage, right? My daughter is erupted with laughter in the back seat, and it was obvious that I had a lot to learn. It wasn't garbage. Patience is not garbage. Those things are not. They're wonderful things. As it turns out, I drove in a few seconds later, I was able to get everything set up and everything was done on time. All my anxiety, all my worry, all my stress had been for nothing. God was trying to teach me to trust in him, trying to work on that patience uh, that I needed so badly. And he continues to do that, as I'm sure he continues to do that in your own life as well. 
As we strive to remain in the vine today, you may want to spend some time evaluating your own life. What distractions do you have in your life that are hindering your walk with God? Maybe even good things. We always talk about our smartphones being a distraction, or TV, maybe our hobbies, maybe it's people, people who aren't a good influence on you. Maybe it's something that you're volunteering at, which is great, but maybe that's not where God wants you to put your time. There's a lot of things that can get in the way. Ask God to reveal them to you, and he will. What can we do to make sure that we're consistently exposed to God's word? One thing is we can go to church. We can read our word ourselves every day. Maybe that means scheduling, you know, rejigging your schedule so that you have time to do it. Maybe it's finding resources. There's plenty of resources out there. And your phone has a lot of resources. So it's not always a bad thing. You also want to ask yourself, am I making prayer and Bible reading a part of my life? And you may want to ask God to provide you with a couple of friends, one or two friends, who you can be honest with, who can encourage you in your walk. That's vitally important to growing as a Christian. We need each other to spur each other on. Iron sharpens iron, the word says. But you also want to spend time thanking God for the amazing work that he's already done in your life. Name those things. Name the blessings. Name the great things that have happened, the way your life has been changed. Recognizing God's work is important. It encourages us when we're not when things aren't going so great. When we recognize how how much has already happened and how much has already changed. And commit to remaining in the vine. Ask God, pray to God, tell him you want to commit. He honors a sincere heart. All right? And as we do that, God will prune us sometimes. But the ultimate reward is healthy down to full fruit. Amen. Thanks for the time you can spend with us.